Hi everyone, welcome back to Trans Bad Talks. I'm heading towards the end of the season now, on the season two, and it's been an absolutely amazing journey. You know, we've got some amazing guests on from Judy to Malik to Joel to Jazz and Tanya. It's been absolutely amazing. This week we've got the lovely, lovely Chris on, and I met Chris briefly in London. Um, didn't get to speak to them very much, but I'll be able to speak to them a lot in in this episode. Um, and I honestly cannot wait for you all to hear this because it's been something that I've been wanting for a while. Um, and yeah, I'm just really excited. Um, just a heads up, this is the second to last episode of this season. Uh, next next week's episode is the last one, and then I'm gonna have a break and recharge my batteries and start the season three uh hopefully soon after that jesus sorry about that and another heads up i'm not feeling too clever at all uh, i think i've picked up a cold so if you hear the sniffling sneezing or whatever that's because of that so yeah i cannot wait to talk to chris so without further ado here we are Hello. Hey, babe. How are you? <laughs> I, I'm fine, thank you. How are you? I'm good. Sorry, it took a, it took a little while to get ready. <laughs> oh, it's alright. Don't worry. I was just just browsing Twitter to see what um, shit comments were coming up. Um, not a right lot, as it turns out. So, uh, yeah. Um, well, I'm really really happy that you've. Uh, agreed to do this because obviously I've done a few episodes now with black people and I kind of wanted to balance it out a little bit by having you on and talk about the work that you do and obviously something that's obviously important to both of us is the transphobia that's been something big on Twitter and on social media as well as a whole even and obviously in real life as well so um, of course yeah so let's just kind of go into it so you know, I've I've seen that you've obviously been dealing with a lot of shit from trans um, um and you know I I I'm obviously really pissed off that it, we're still having to deal with this, even though there's loads of people who are saying that they're you know trans allies and literally sitting there doing nothing about it. Um, but you know I I think that you know trans people are incredibly strong. You know, yeah, we, we need to deal with all the shit all the time, and you know, I saw your um tweet, like, and I was like, oh my god, I just, I just, I just can't get a wrap mind around how horrific people can be. You know, um, I just want to get your thoughts on all of this, to be honest. Right? Yeah. No, I totally agree. So, um, I just want to open by saying, um, like, what you were saying about how we're so strong. You know, I, I find, and I was saying to somebody the other day, I was saying to one of my sisters, one of my trans sisters, like, mm. I don't, I'm so tired of people saying, but you're so strong, stay strong, okay. because it's like validating all the hate and negativity that we go through and saying like, yeah. oh no, you'll just stay strong, just stay strong, you'll be okay. And it's like, well, no, actually, because that's invalidating everything that we are going through. Yeah, you're right. I didn't think of that very well. Uh, you know, I so. Think... <laughs> sorry, sorry. No, I was just, I was just gonna say, like, 
like you're so right we are really fucking strong but we shouldn't have to consistently be strong and i find that especially with the cis cis and cis gay community there's a huge amount of people that almost like glorify the struggles that we go through like they look up to it and they idolize it and they're like oh my god you're so amazing and so powerful but what are they actually doing to help us move through that and help things change and develop yeah completely agree with you like words are not enough words are definitely not enough to say oh yeah we'll support you but actually through rather than words look i came to london and i knew a few the people down there obviously with ava and sofa and matthew and everybody there they yeah. are consistently on the ball with their allyship you know they're consistently getting it right but then you've got always and you've got other people who are saying stuff and then doing totally different things. Like, there was, um, the other day, I was actually, I actually found out that one of the people that I was speaking to, I was really friendly with, she, she's part of the community, LGBTQ community, but she's come out and shown herself to be quite the racist. And I was oh, like, no. fuck, no way, no, how am I dealing with this? And I just basically tweeted at her saying, I don't want to be your friend uh oh, when you're being racist and you're denying stuff is happening, I don't want to be a part of your life. And I told her that straight. I was like, I am having this. And I just feel, you know, if you can't, if you can't be supportive of one marginalised group, I don't trust that you are actually supportive of any other marginalised group. You know, I, I, I don't. There's no such thing as, you know, supporting one and not. But I, you have to be consistent in your allyship of everybody, you know. Exactly. Um, and I mean, for myself, like, when we talk about intersectionality, I'm a person of colour. I'm, I'm a, a non-binary person. I'm a trans person. Like, yeah. all of these things affect me. And for somebody, I find too often people will stand there and say, oh, no, I'm an ally. But posting... Uh, at one hashtag of Black Lives Matter over a year ago is an allyship. No. It's not actually doing anything, especially when they're trying to like build themselves up from clout and use images of themselves, but not actually putting any work in because the whole point of being an ally is using your privilege to help situations change and shift and help conversation shift. Yeah. You know, I, I understand people say, like, oh, well, the conversation is awkward. It's uncomfortable for me to say this. But the problem is, when allies say stuff like that... Sorry, this is where I usually turn people off with... <laughs> but, like, the problem with that is, is that the conversation isn't about them because they're not affected by the conversation. Mm-hmm. Trans people and people of colour are affected by these conversations. And they will continue to be affected by those conversations. An ally isn't affected by the conversation because they can leave that conversation and their life continues. Yeah, you're, you're, you're spot on there. You know, I've actually been talking about this before with a, a woman who's a, a great friend of mine. She said that because, you know, it's intersectionality, we are all going through not quite similar struggles, but we're doing it together. Yeah. Um, and she was saying that she she wants to do a lot better at supporting trans people, and I I, I know she will because she's been absolutely 
Mason and calling out absolute dickheads on Twitter. Um, she's really so honest in how she she knows that she's not doing enough, and I cannot appreciate that enough because there's a lot of people on that website that think that they can just say or do certain things and be like, yeah, this is enough for us to become allies. No, it isn't. You've got no. to do just more than words. You've got to do just more than hashtags. You've got to go out and do stuff. You've got to actually prove that you're not just saying this to be performative. You're doing it. Exactly. And, you know, sometimes you'll see people say stuff and they'll be like, oh, no, I'm an ally. But then you look around them and every single person around them is the same as them. Every single person is cis and white. And you think, well, why is your circle, your community around you so rigid? Yeah, you know, and and obviously you don't want people to go out there and specifically look for people of colour or look for trans people, look for sex workers, any of these specific things. Yeah. But you do think, well, where is the balance in that when everybody around you is the exact same as you? Yeah, I totally agree with you. I mean, we, I got to deal with um, somebody that's non-binary. She's become really, really problematic recently. Um, they've had an argument with a black woman over a plate of food and it just escalated from there. This person hasn't stopped, um, what's the word, hasn't stopped sort of slagging off black people ever since and it's just oh, on colours. And it's just like, you know what, I don't want to have, I, I, you're supposed to be a part of a marginalised group. You're slagging black people off just because they didn't agree with the plate of food. That's absolutely pathetic. Like, I've had worse arguments in this playground at school. That's know, I just, it's just embarrassing. Um, and yeah, and then I mean, as somebody that came out as gay in 2020, like two years after coming out as trans, I actually had to deal with a lot of homophobia from cis gay men who were like, oh no, you're misogynistic. What was the word that somebody said? Was that apparently I was appropriate, misappropriate in gay culture. Like, well, How? How That's not I? possible. You're a gay man. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, that's, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. So far, actually, turned around and said, How does that work? Yeah. It's literally like, I can't, I can't misappropriate something that I'm a part of. You know, that just makes no sense. Anyway, and that was the start of a really bad pile on. And that's the first time I've experienced a serious pile on. On Twitter, and I was like, for fuck's sake, they're all at. So, but literally, the ones you've got one going, you've literally got a stampede of people. Yeah, it's that. exhausting. It's it's so tiresome. And you especially like, there's this term on Twitter called pick me gays, and it's usually when there's one really hot, attractive gay person, and every single comment underneath people class as pick me gays because they're the ones that will run to the defense of them whenever something happens, whenever they do something wrong. And I've been on the other side of that before. And it's vile and it's especially disgusting how the transphobia will come out of people. And these are people that consider themselves fans of drag queens, fans of shows like Pose, which again mm. is a pro- like it's um, glorifying what certain things are. And it's cis people saying that to be trans, you have to be this. And you have to look like this. And you have to be at a certain level of this. Yeah. And they don't get to make those rules and decisions. We get to make those decisions because we are the trans community. Absolutely. I don't want to, like, 
telling you that I like you know when I came out with Sam, that was the hardest decision that I ever made, and coming out with Jay a couple years ago was also really difficult. Of course. But making those decisions for me was the best thing I could have done because now I'm literally. I don't want to say I'm fine because I'm still struggling a bit with my mental health, but I'm completely, I'm in a better place than I was two years ago, three years ago. And when people like those absolute tricks on Twitter are coming out and saying things like, oh, you must appropriate in gay culture, are you still a woman? Like, it does upset me because I'm not, I'm not any of those things. I'm not misappropriating anything. I'm yeah. not a woman. I'm You're not. I'm literally sick of saying things to people. How can you tell that I'm a woman? How can you tell that by the, the, the fact that you don't know me and you're literally coming up with the worst, the worst kind of shit that you could like, imagine from your own brain? Um, I, I, find it, I find it tiresome that they consistently take everything to your body parts. You know, oh, we, we are in this place in our life where we know and are very well aware that there are men with vaginas and women with penises and non-binary people with a bunch of different kind of things. Yeah. You know, everybody's bodies are different. And they'll say like, well, I find a lot of people will complain that we are somehow sexualizing everything, but then they will sexualize everything by making everything about body parts. Oh and God, yeah. that's a really fucking dangerous thing. Be, um, because we're not, we're just living our lives. And, yeah. you know, I've um, experienced a lot of people, I mean, I haven't been out for long as non-binary, mm. but it took a long time for me to get to that place. A really long time for me to get to that place. Um, I was holding it off and holding off for a long time. And the way, I can't tell you, because I'm a sex worker, I'm a digital sex worker, the way that it affected my sex work the minute that I did it because I then wouldn't allow people to call me things that I wasn't comfortable with them calling me in the first place. Yeah. And okay. that's difficult. That's yeah. really hard. And then on top of that, I started to get trolled and threatened by some kind of group of people, which I'm dealing with now, um, which has majorly affected my business. Um, my direct messages have been off for most of the year. And for people that aren't aware of how I run my sex work, it's based on people contacting me to buy content or to um, commission content um, because I like to make stuff specifically for people. And that means that having my DMs off because of these messages coming in means that I then can't have people do that. But the messages and the attacks that I've been getting have just been, like, disgusting. <laughs> I mean, the last... I'm oh, sorry, I almost started crying for a second. Oh, don't worry. It, it's just hard, you know? It's hard because we shouldn't be facing this. Yeah. And the last messages that I got, they're, they're always, like, pretending to be different people. So when I was announced as a speaker at the trans rights protest in August, mm -hmm. um, the day after they from a completely another different account messaged one of the organizers and started sex shaming me um kink shaming me um linking to content i've produced to try and like shame me and then misgendering me on top of that throughout all the messages and then saying that i didn't care about the trans community and i just wanted clout and i was like but i'm a trans person mm. you know oh, and then it's just hard it's horrible
this is what I absolutely hate about Twitter is when they allow things like this to go unchallenged. Like you see a lot of trans people getting reported for stuff like saying that says they're absolutely disgusted and they get blocked for that that yeah. so constantly getting away with it, coming out with horrible, horrible things, you know. Trans people have been docked by these people and so they still look like, oh yeah, I don't see anything wrong with this. Carry on. Like, no, that's not acceptable. People's lives that are at risk, look, I, I have to say something now, because I, I, it, it, it was a few years ago, but there was a, one of my friends was, trans, was a trans woman, and she was being docked and attacked by all corners of Twitter. And oh, my God. basically had enough, and um, she, she died by suicide. And oh, my God, I'm so sorry. It's it, it, okay. Yeah. Anything to do with it's you. Like, not. How can you just obsess with somebody's genitals that you don't even know? It's disgusting. It's creepy. Like it's it's actually it's actually really perverted because they want there's this especially this thing where like they're they're really going in on trans women women and saying like that they're perverts and stuff. It's like you are making everything about somebody's genitals. That's perverted. Yeah. It is uh, I Honestly, I, I, it, that's why I've become more, like, vocal on this. Like, I've said stuff to yeah. be very happy with it. But it's like, if you can talk about somebody's genitals and think that you can get away with it, I'm not going to shut up and let you say that stuff. I am defending myself. I'm defending my, my you know, the, the community. Because I think this, you cannot be allowed to get away with the stuff that you come out with, like, there was an, you know, I've got to talk about this because I don't know if you have told you this, but when I came to London, because I came all the way from Yorkshire, and I got, um, like, a, I was just, I booked a guest house. Literally oh, yes, I, I, I didn't hear the full story about this. You, you get to hear the full story now. So this is going to be <laughs> story time. But basically, I got, I got the guest house started, and I was like, I cannot wait to just chill out. Got to see, like, I emailed the person, and they were, I explained to them that my pronouns were he and him and that that's what I wanted to refer to. And they were a bit like, okay. So they said so afterwards, which was brilliant at that point. Then I got to the guest house after making the wrong turn because I got to Foxhall and I went the wrong way. I ended up walking towards Lambeth. And I was like, fuck's sake, this is not the way I should be going. Turn <laughs> back around and walk all the way past the Foxhall having to the guest house. Absolutely shattered, and not just that, it was really hot, so it's literally melting. Um, anyway, got to the guest house, and I said to this person, I'm here now. I'm sorry, I was a bit late. I was, I fucked up basically. I walked the wrong way, and he then started being really rude and said something like madam. And I was like, for fuck's sake, I've already told you that my pronouns are he, are he and him. I got really upset with him, um, of course. And then I, I'm like, after that, I asked, oh, can I have a glass of water, like a jug of water, please? Because I need a drink, I'm obviously melting, and then I need some water. It was like pointed at the kettle and was like, use that. Was, that's a jug, that's a kettle. That's, that's not, not a jug, no. It asked you specifically, because this is your job, to, 
justified for preparing it to take Pixie Oxford to stay in your guest house. Um, and it was like, oh, she's the cat. I was like, for fuck's sake, that's not what I asked you. Anyway, that was that. And then I got really upset and I was like, right, I need to get out of here. Have like a coward sister. I went downstairs, went next door to an Indian restaurant, which was absolutely amazing. They could not have been much more nicer, to be honest. It was literally the opposite of this person. It's like, these two guys are so sweet. Um, and then I came out and was like, right, I'm going straight to Fox Hill Tavern. Um, and I did, and I met a lot of amazing people. <laughs> like, yeah, Tofa, Ava, everybody was amazing. And then Tofa was like, so I told Tofa the tale, and he was like, oh, hell no, literally, you're not staying next. Come and stay at mine for the night. Like, please get me away from this now hole. Um, yeah. And yeah, that was pretty much it. So it was like, literally, took me back to his, and he, he made me listen to Madonna, which was like, you know, Tofa loves Madonna. Like, yeah, he's obsessed. He loves her. It's like, no way I'm going to escape. It's so literally like, okay, let's listen. And then that's it. But my issue with the guest house was that I paid 65 quid to be misgendered. Um, and yeah. And that's something that I wasn't going to put up with. So I put a complaint in and they were really rude. They were literally like, cancelled the booking, even though I'd already been and, you know, and I, I'd obviously left them a, a, a comment saying this is what it's like in Starfall and they've never been in touch since so wow. I'm complaining about that because I don't want to hear from them again but that's horrible and do you know what the most ironic thing is like I asked them because I told them that I was going to the bar box house tavern and they were literally like I don't know where that is it's literally around the corner somewhere. it's literally down the road yeah exactly it's like one of the most prestigious historic buildings <laughs> How can you miss it? Like, the rainbow flags, like, literally hanging off the, the, the building. How can you miss it? Um, I, I, anyway. I think I think people choose not to see things when they don't want to see things, you know? And yeah. that's when, like, the microaggressions, especially, like, are real. Like, when you're saying that who you are and what your pronouns are, they really need to listen to that. And there are so many people that are just unwilling to learn and to mm-hmm. change. But the thing is, we're not going to be going anywhere no we're not no we've been here since the what we've been here for centuries like yeah been in existence for centuries a lot of people exactly realize this and they're like oh yeah trans trans being trans is a new thing it's like no it isn't no you know there are so many people out there that are saying like oh everybody is trans now everybody's trans now well firstly no that's not the case but secondly no people are just more able to say who they are now because people have the language, people have the understanding, people have more knowledge and people also have, I would hope, more safety and freedom to be able to express themselves. Yeah, I mean, I mean I've mean, i got, a, I'm going to say this to you because I, I think you need to know this, but I, I actually have the confidence to turn around and say to the, at the sister that I want, I'm going to be a drag queen. And she's literally like, oh, okay. I'm going to be a drag queen, so please be more excited for me. Like, oh, no, I'm, okay. I'm, see, I'm so excited for you. <laughs> like, Rusty Springfield is the, the most, like, I love that woman. She's the most amazing, like, singer I've ever got the project of my youth. But, like, the name itself is perfect because I've got fibromyalgia and half of them, and I've got white working properly. So, literally, like, yeah, Rusty, that's definitely me. Um, wow. I yeah, love that. I've, that's amazing. 
that. Yeah, that'd be great. No, that is that is amazing. I love drag. But have you, because I mean, obviously this is like a new journey for you, but have you found the bullshit of people saying like, but you're a trans man. Why do you want to dress up as a woman? Yeah, and and that's why I'm doing it to be, you know, confront those ideas that yeah trans have to be drag kings and trans women have to be you know drag kings. Thing is, it, that's absurd to see. That's absurd to me that people say stuff like that because okay. it, it clothes like it's gender expression. It's not anything more than that, and it's like it doesn't take away from the person that you are. I I mean, my friend who is a drag queen. He was saying that he's, you know, drag has become such more more inclusive in the last few years than it started out as, you know. And and I'm loving this because it means people can be, you know, I've seen drag kings coming to be play a lot more, and I'm, I'm loving their work. I'm loving what they do, and I'm, I mean, I I have fallen in love with drag this time. You know, I actually saw Jolene Dover. Well, you you know. You know yes, love Jolene. And she was absolutely hilarious. And I was like, yeah, that definitely made me really fall in love with drag. Now, I haven't watched drag race, RuPaul's drag race, because I don't like RuPaul. I've never liked RuPaul. Mm. He's so big, and I just will not watch him. But I will happily sit and watch a local drag artist who's very inclusive of trans people. I don't have yeah. to do that. is the most amazing person to, you know, be like that. Um, and... When I was watching Jolene Doom's performances and stuff, I was like, that's exactly what I want to do. Um, I can't sing, I can't dance, but I can certainly tell a joke or three. Um, and, well, and, that, and then that's your, that's your avenue, you know, and it might open you up to doing those other things because there are many drag performers out there, trust me, that cannot hold a tune, but it doesn't stop them from singing. It's the energy that they give yeah. and the character that they have that sells it. You know, and um, I mean, I would love to get into performing because I haven't performed for a very long time. Mm. But I, I, I feel like I'm ready to get on a stage again. But it's the ability to be able to get on a stage, the opportunity. And also, I can't do my makeup. I'm not good with makeup. <laughs> you and me both. I'm literally like, well, just talking about tried makeup on. I was like, I cannot fucking do this. Like, how can you sit and... I'm going around and you must get around without fucking up. Um, but I'm going to have to practice because I have got the perfect look for Rusty Springfield. I want the 80s Rusty Springfield look. Oh, oh my God, yes. The eight, yes, like the Pet Shop Boys era. Yes, that's literally what I want. And I I love that look so much. Like, she absolutely rocks the hair. She rocks the jacket, the blazer. Yeah. She rocks everything and I'm literally that is definitely the look that I want because you know I love the 60s Springfield and yeah she looks amazing then but for me the 80s is what I am about I love anything 80s music I love Pet Shop Boys as well but I love them as well but Duffy is in the 80s is definitely something that I felt would appeal more um, <laughs> and I cannot wait honestly I um, love that I really I like I don't know what it is, but going to the RVT and finally seeing a drag performance for the first time in a long time because of COVID, mm. it just made me want to get on a stage and perform again. And I suddenly had all these performance ideas in my head. Yeah. But getting the ability to do that in front of people in a crowd is rare. I mean, how do you just do that, you know? 
yeah, I mean, I can just imagine that Jolene would be very, very anxious before walking on stage. I mean, to be fair to her, we did have the cushion of Ava being really, and honestly, we try not to push myself because Ava was so funny. Like, I was literally going to have to go to the toilet because I'm going to end up pushing myself. Oh, how amazing was it that they have gender neutral toilets? I know, amazing. I was like, yay! But the one issue that I do have is that it's really difficult to get into the toilet because it's like, oh, is that an angle where you literally have to squeeze into it? Yeah, yeah, that's the only thing. <laughs> that I mean, is the only thing. They're very, like, that's the trouble with London. Everything is small, like, because of, like, how much the rent is everything. Everything is teeny weeny. Yeah. Like, the doors literally whack you as you go into the toilet. <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I've seen those kind of toilets up in Manchester, actually. You know, Manchester's um, Canal Street. Um, yeah. Exactly. That kind of, you know, toilet. And honestly, it doesn't bother me because I know that what they've actually used for is people going in and having sex. It honestly doesn't bother me at all. I'm like, oh, you just go for it. I'm, I just need a piss. Let me have a piss and you get on with what you do. Yeah, I, 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 I won't comment. I've definitely never had sex in a toilet before. <laughs> no. <laughs> Lying. <laughs> I'm sorry, it was great. I mean, I I don't think I've had any, like, I've had sex with men, but not in sort of, like, those sort of situations. Most of my had sex was literally just in the public bedroom. In fact, that's literally the most boring place I've been from. I have absolutely, yeah. Anyway, speaking of sex, actually, I'm going to talk about your work, because I think, I mean, wanna, I want to show that it's fine to talk about sex. A lot of people like shy away from this conversation and I'm like, no, talk about it. I wanna hear more about Yeah, it. oh no. I'm I'm happy to talk about it. You know, I'm a very sexually open person. Um I'm a very sexually confident person. And um like when I met you, um and I when I like whenever I meet people I always tell them like if you're gonna follow me <laughs> trigger like consent warning i do yeah. post adult content because i'm a sex worker you know i have to i have to like do that um but then i would hope that people are comfortable to be able to like just see it and just see its body parts it's well, somebody's body parts it doesn't like me being a sex worker it doesn't mean that i'm 24 7 constantly talking about sex constantly having sex but it's a part of me and it doesn't stop me from being like a political person being a loving person being yeah. a caring person a compassionate person yeah. but it's a big part of me that i like to express and i like to show that people can be openly sexual without needing alternate accounts and all of this stuff because we live in a society that tells us do not do this do not do that hide this hide that keep that behind closed doors and that's where a lot of the problem comes from yeah it does you're 100% right and I think you know I'm going to be honest with you I've not had sex in a long time purely because I've been too busy trying to work out who I was as a person you know yeah, totally. relationships with both men and women before I realised actually that I was trans a trans man and then came out gay and I have been I'll be honest the sex I've had has been absolutely mind-blowingly brilliant. I fucking loved it. But I can't really do it as much now, obviously. My five and my other woman, I'm just constantly going, ow, ow, ow. Yeah. Ow, ow, ow. Um, <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I think I can do, you know, I do other things outside of, you know, physical sex. You know, I'm, I'm always masturbating. Like, I'm literally, just, don't tell that 
I don't know this, but I do actually do that. And a lot of my followers on Twitter are like, wow, he's just exploiting, he's just telling his big secret. I was like, it's not a secret. And, and but everybody wanks, that's the thing. Yeah, everybody, every, everybody masturbates. I mean, surely everybody does. Everybody needs that release. And that's one of the things that I like to try and help people with is just showing the fact that this is the most normal, natural thing that you could do, especially going through a pandemic. Because to be fair, I'm not having a huge amount of sex with people. The majority of my content right now is mm. solo content. Yeah. Um, but it's about um, connecting your, like my mind with people to be able to read what people enjoy and what people like. And also just learning to love myself because masturbation is about loving yourself. And so that's a completely normal thing. And I always find it weird when people are like, oh, you shouldn't talk about this and you shouldn't say this and you should keep that. Because why? What is stopping us? That's like, that. that's going into the, like, to not talking about racism and not talking about transphobia and not talking about all of these things as well. Because not talking about these things is what's led to the world being where we are now. Oh, you are so right. I am literally like, that is literally what I was thinking when you said that. I think it's limited to the things that we have to talk about, you know. Sex is especially one of the, the people say it's a taboo subject, but for me, it's something that is a natural thing. It's always been totally. a natural thing. You know, I, I was actually reading something about George Michael yesterday, and he was, he was saying that he was very open about the fact that he, he went cruising and his yes. sex life. And I love that man to death. If you you will meet me at some point again in the future, because you will know. Of course. Oh yeah, totally. I mean, I'm, I'm quite old, but <laughs> so I remember him. I remember him getting caught in. Um, I think it was ninety seven or ninety eight, and then outside uh, was released in ninety eight, which was like the mockery of being caught cruising. Yeah. Um, and that was like such a powerful, liberating moment because I remember. I think I was eleven at the time and mm. buying it on cassette <laughs> and my parent like my parents being like oh you shouldn't have this you shouldn't i don't I don't know that you should have this but i loved it and i remember like fast love um being released when yeah. years before that and being obsessed like it was such a queer moment without oh. him even being queer out as queer at the time yeah he, he to be honest i I knew, like, when I listened to Cruise and 90, I knew immediately that I was just going to be a massive fan of George Michael. I mean, I'm, I'm staring up because I'm clearly, I'm, I'm, I saw it. I'm actually visiting him in London, but because he's going to Highgate, so it's like, I'm still visiting him there. Oh, wow. It, it was a really emotional moment for me. And, and, you know, as a fan, I just literally like, this is something that I need to do. And, you know, listening to his music, I, I've been having them father figure on repeat constantly at the Oh, I love that song. That it's incredible. Amazing. His voice is like honey. It is. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I, my sister was literally like, I think he's played enough of George Michael. I said, you better leave the room, bitch, because I am not finished with George yet. Um, <laughs> he, he has to deal with me all the time. But he's, he's, he's amazing. I'll talk about her in a minute. Um, But, yeah, George was somebody that I could relate to because while I was growing up, I was to deal with sort of things 
feelings that I had about who I was as a person. Because I even, I, I think I had sort of inklings as a child that I wasn't, I knew I wasn't, you know, like, I was yeah. at the time. And when George came out with Half Love and, you know, it was just, it was just a, such an iconic moment for not just George, but for the gay community, I think, you know. Oh, completely. Was, completely. It was such a major thing, but it's, it it's hysterical to me because I remember obviously like growing up with that um, and people would be like oh don't talk about this don't talk about that and, and I mean in the mid 90s people were still like so caught up on um, the AIDS epidemic and assuming that if you were gay that you had AIDS and, and all of this stuff so that it was like it was hidden in the back it was hidden in the background mm. but yet society and the entertainment um industry was built on queerness i mean almost so many huge performers were queer yeah and people just wouldn't talk about it oh you know we've got kenny everett to start as one of the people i can think of you know just follow grady obviously yeah i mean elton elton john um david bowie was definitely had a lot of queerness to them you know um freddie mercury was forever an icon Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my sister's a massive fan of Freddie. She was like, oh, look. Um, you know, that's the thing. A lot of people, don't, again, this goes back to a lot of people don't realise that there is a history of the LGBTQ community. And when we tell them about it, they're like, oh, I didn't know this. And it's like, oh, Google's there. You could have done yeah, that. Yeah, that I, I find, especially on social media in these days, people are so caught up in what's happening right now and they forget that they're looking on their phone and they have a search engine on their phone right there and yet whenever I say something people will be like well what's that what's that and it's like well you can literally just google it and find out there's no need for ignorance in this time and day I completely agree with you like that that's me it's like I've said this as well about black people. Black people are not there to hold your hand. You know? No. If you want to, if you want to learn something, use Google. If you want to read something, get a book from the library, or even find it online and buy it and read it. Because at the end of the day, why are you going to black people and asking them for all the information when you could have easily just done that yourself? Like, I get yeah. Fed up of that happening, you know. It, it. I can say from my personal experience, like I'm not black, but I am a person of color. And when um, George Floyd was killed last year, rest in peace, um, it was obviously an awful time. But I found a sudden influx of white people in my DMs asking me about it, asking me about racism and being like, how is this happening? I didn't know this was happening. Did you know this was was happening? And it was like, it was difficult for me because it was like, well, how are you not aware that racism has always been here? Yeah, you know it 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 was frustrating and it was the case that i was the only person of color but they that these a lot of these people knew and some of them were people who had never even con never even spoken or interacted with me in the past that suddenly wanted needed me as a source of everything and then just dropped me like a stone yeah. when they yeah. got bored of the movement yeah, I completely agree with you. And I actually was just about to say, do you not think that they do this as well to trans people? You know, majorly. Information about what trans people 
Like I remember when I went to a mental health group in my town, my friend runs this mental health group and the first time I was there and I came out as fun to them. They were great, don't get me wrong. But yeah. one person that was asking me all sorts of questions from so when are you having surgery, so when are you Oh my god. This isn't acceptable. And I did say this to her, this isn't acceptable. You don't just come out and ask people that those kind of questions. You wouldn't see me asking you about your private parts. You wouldn't see me asking you when are you going to have surgery. It's absolutely rude for starters. And you don't even know me. Why would you yeah. ask people questions? And I do see, feel like trans people get that sort of like, let's go to this trans person for all the advice and all the information because they will have it. Yeah, I, I don't actually have all the information. I've never even had three. I've not even had top surgery. I've not even on mm. So why are people coming to me for this information? Because I've not even got to that part of the journey yet. I'm literally well, waiting. Well, this is the thing. You are a trans person, period. Whether yeah. you have surgery or not, you are a trans person from the moment you accept it and you come out. And probably for the rest of your life before that, you have been a trans person. Yeah. And going in and having surgery does not make you a trans person it's like what like you you'll go and do whatever you need to do in time but like for me as well like having a penis doesn't make me not a trans person and i struggle with this a lot because people really get so um narrow-minded in that if you're a trans person then you have to have this done and you have to have that done and the majority of the time it's cis people who do that yeah there's a term for it actually when people are like oh you have to have surgery because it's true trauma something like that oh it's mm. something like that and when they say stuff like that it it invalid like it, it, it invalidates the person who's trying to think oh well maybe i shouldn't carry on with my journey you know i've not been put off by the way i'm still waiting for my first appointment and i'm yeah it's gonna be a long journey for me but in, in fairness, a lot of people have actually said, sent me messages saying, Ah, oh, I thought you were already a man. I was like, Oh, well, thank you. That means people <laughs> believe me, see me as like they think that I already were a man, was a man, sorry. So I was like, Oh, thank you. That's really nice of you to say that. Like, oh, I thought you passed it. You, you passed it already. Thank you. Um, but it's such a frustrating time for trans people and non-binary people as well. I mean, I was going to say that non-binary people are getting such a fucking hard time of it because people are like, oh, we don't get this whole, are you a man or are you a woman? And like, no, 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 yeah. no, 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 no. That doesn't, that's not how it works. No. Oh, God. It's I... not, it's not how it works. But this is the thing. I was talking to somebody yesterday. And I was saying that, like, we're victims of this. We're victims of society and oppression. But the whole world is victims of society and oppression because they're stuck in this narrow-minded thing where they can't see beyond this binary code. And they don't understand. But they are missing out on life by having this narrow-minded vision. Whereas we have just ascended beyond that and are able to see the history of being non-binary or the history of being trans, the history of being gender non-conforming and all these incredible cultures that were taken away in oppression and taken away in colonization. And especially for me, like with my culture, you know, just taken away and ripped away and people were forced into being this one specific gender that they were not. And then people come out now and say, 
well, where's this new thing come from? This thing has always been here. Non-binary people have always been here. Trans yeah. people have always been here. But we've never ha- been able to have the voice that we have now. And that's powerful. That shows that we are growing and we are able to thrive and we're, we're growing in strength. Totally, 100%. The thing is, a lot of people are still hurting on the fact that trans cis and Jenny Lovato are both non-binary. And they're literally constantly on their social media accounts following them. Jenny is, is great. I, I really appreciate what they're about. That yeah. is also somebody that I really appreciate as well. I've been to tell you a funny story about Sam. My nephew is autistic and he was um, listed to stay with me. Um, and the next thing I know, my nephew was crying his eyes out. He, the sweetest fan started singing, my nephew was off like he was proper crying his eyes out. Wow. And his sister was literally like, oh, God, God, he's off. he was a baby at the time. He was obviously not aware of how powerful Sam's <coughs> was. Or maybe he just did it like the song. Who knows? We don't know. But since then, my nephew's not listened to that. <laughs> um, uh, but it was a funny story because my, my sister had told her like, a local radio station about it and she ended up being on the radio. So it's like, yeah, Sam Smith has caused problems in this family. Um, dear Sam. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was just, it was just, Sam's amazing. I, I really, uh, again, I really appreciate what they and Demi do. So, Non-binary people need to have their voices uplifted because I don't hear enough about what they're about. I mean, you're amazing because I can... Oh, thank you. Oh, it's true. I see what you're doing and I'm just like, I mean, we've spoken about what what we've been dealing with. Yes. I I saw your photo and I was like, how I actually had to say something on your photo because now they're gorgeous. Oh, um, bless you. Thank you so much. Well, you know, the thing is, I feel like visibility is very important, especially, like, as a person of colour, as a trans person, because I just want to remind people, non-binary, you are a trans person. If you're not cis, you are a trans person. <laughs> sorry to tell you that. Sorry to break it to you. But, like, my journey is my journey. And I think people get so caught in thinking that every trans person has the same life and the same experiences, and we don't. We all are completely individual, all completely different, and we all, like, just interlope in certain places in our life journey. And I'm just trying to be as visible for myself as I can be, but especially as a person of colour, especially as a a non-binary trans person. Like, I'm proud of everything that I am and everything that I've been through. And I've made it through. You know, I've, I've tried to commit suicide in the past. I've been through abusive relationships and I went through really abusive growing up Mm. and I'm proud to just be here now and existing as the person I am because all of those things have made me the stronger person I am that has made me be able to fight for myself and for other people to go through what you've gone through uh to to, to then come out and become yourself it's just an absolute testament to you I am I mean, to be honest with you, my childhood wasn't great either, but to be honest with you, my mum now has become that... She's, she's had her own journey. That's a yeah. completely different story. I'll tell you that in person at some point. But she has become such an, uh, an incredible person in terms of supporting trans people, supporting the LGBTQ community. When I first came out to her, trans 
she she struggles with it and then everybody does you know that's something yeah. that's going to take a long time to get used to and it took her about six months I think before she realized that I wasn't going to change my mind again and she's like yeah okay this is this is my son now and now she's literally telling people that she's got a son I'm like I love that she's literally bursting about it like and the thing is she keeps coming home with like and you know like fake up away cards chat magazines and there's like stories about trans people which besides some of them have been really positive like, oh look there's a trans person there it's like mum I love you you don't have to point out every single trans person that's in the paper or in the um magazine you know you, you know we're here so thank you for showing us that you do see us see us basically um so she's Amazing. And that's like that's him. incredible. You know, there are so many like that's so incredible that she's like that. You know, that's just amazing. You can ask for um, a more loving person, really. She's she's great. I mean, my sister's exactly the same. She she literally just she. This is my twin sister. She obviously realised that I had been very unhappy for a very long time, and she was like, "Listen, I." want you to know that I'm not going to just be like a completely horrible person when you come out trans and she was absolutely truthful with from day one she's been consistent with her pronouns she's been consistent with my name and she's been very supportive of the community as a whole she's learned a lot as she's been going along this journey with me she's learned that more than just the LGBT acronyms there's been you know she's learning a lot about the history as well and when people are willing to learn and especially my family me that makes a massive massive difference and i i mean i don't speak to my brothers because both of them have actually split but i just like they would not be supportive well my youngest brother actually was until he stopped talking to one so i don't know about him now but my young other's brother is very 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 homophobic so i definitely wouldn't just suggest talking to him um but yeah um yeah been an absolutely fantastic conversation, Chris. Honestly, like just inspiring, just thinking about all the things you've been saying and how you know your work is amazing. I love the fact that you do this, you're doing this digitally as well. Cause I didn't realize that you could do it as like this is me learning as well. I realized I know that you do it obviously outside of social media, but I didn't realize it until I met you and Sophie that there was you know a digital form of sex work as well. And see, that's amazing because. Yeah, it, it you know, I think especially like through the pandemic, being able to transfer your work to online, like so many people have done and have been work from home, like it's great to be able to do something you love. You know, I, when people ask me what I do, I'm very open about what I do, but yeah. I just try and tell people that my job is to make people happy. You know, at the end of the day, I just want to make people happy. I want to spread joy and love through whichever form of that is, whether it's support, mental support, sexual support, physical support, all of those things, or ju- just happiness, you know, because what's better than spreading pleasure with people? <laughs> you know, it's not always this filthy, dirty, disgusting thing. And I think people get so caught up in what they think sex work is when it's yeah. not that at all. You're making people happy. Definitely, it's definitely that. I mean, I've seen to talk about it a lot as well. I mean, Sophie's work is like, you know, like he works in, is it sex toys? Yeah, he works, so he works with Clone Zone. 
and he's just a sex toy expert. I mean, I when I um, full disclosure, I bought a flashlight for my birthday last year, and Tofa was the first person I went to that I was like, "Which one can you recommend? <laughs> like, <laughs> which is the best priced one for me? What's the best discount code that I need?" Like, he's so good with all of that stuff. Amazing. I mean, I got um. They were handing out free sex, like sex toys at the. Yeah, I haven't. I, I, I wasn't quite sure what that toy was. I haven't really looked at it properly. It's, it's still a in a box. Dildo, I, I think it's a dildo. I was sat with a couple who were uh, and we were looking at the, the toy and we thought we realised it was actually a dildo. So I was mm. obviously given one. I was like, I could absolutely do this one right now. Um, I've got a, oh, was it a dildo? Was it a vibrator? Actually, it was a vibrator because I've got a pink one at home. And yeah. It's, not, it's a metal one. And oh my God, I'm not going to lie. I get so much pleasure from the, that, I mean, I don't know if it's working now because I've had it for years. Um, but this oh, new, this new vibrator, I haven't tried it yet. So when I get home, I'm going to be absolutely out. I'm pretty sure it's app controlled as well. Yeah, maybe it's. I mean, I haven't really looked at it properly because I, I, I mean, this couple that was sat with me and Rokid and his friend, we were literally looking at this, and the couple were hilarious. They were so. Oh, we've got to try this when we get them, and I was like, it's kind of like just so awkward and honest about your your conversation about it. Just if I was really happy that they were having that conversation. Yeah, I love see. I love conversations like that. I. I get side-eyed by people all the time because I'm just very open. Like, I can be in group conversations with people and just talk about it, just talk about sex and be very open about my kinks and stuff like that and my experiences. I mean, yeah. when we were at the um, the RVT, I was sitting at a table with um, some friends of some friends and family of Ava and I was literally just, um, whenever they were like, what do you do? I was like, I'm a sex worker. I make people happy. Well, you, you, you can't lie to them. You've got to be honest. No, with them, I think. exactly. But, you know, you never know how people are going to respond, but they were amazing. Oh, wow. Well, um, I... they, they were incredible. You know, everybody, I think people are a lot more open now than they used to be. So that's incredible. And then, like, I just can't get over that night that I stood up and I, I, I asked that question that I asked to, to, oh, Diane, yeah, Abbott, I to Diane Abbott. Yeah. I actually remember you doing that as well. I was like, oh my God, what a question to ask. And you said Diane, she's absolutely amazing with an answer. Like, I do love that woman. Like, she, um, was, she, was, she was phenomenal. I love Auntie Diane. But I, I don't know how I got the courage to stand up and ask her. <laughs> because I just really, I'd had it in my head all day of wanting to ask about how she felt. For people that weren't there, um, the question I asked was, I was asking her how she felt about the fact that a lot of the anti-trans rhetoric used now is stuff that was used against the gay community in the 80s and the 90s. That's just been, like, changed and just had the wordage changed. It's the exact same arguments against the trans community and how we could change that and change the conversation around that. Oh, yeah, she just, she came out and just blew everybody away with the response and I was like that's why I love her and I'm just yeah well, this is the thing is Diane's always been an ally I remember yeah. in a kid as being a kid she was the one that was being dragged through the mud for supporting LGBTQ person people plus being like 
a black woman in 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 a place of power she was she was just thrown through the mud again and again and she still gets it yeah she does and i've spoken a lot about how she's been amazing and a lot of people have on my tweet and said oh diana but um you can't even count properly it's like will you just stop with that bullshit that's just that's just absurd but so so they're they're being racist they're being ableist in saying that as well I said that to them. I said, "So you're not only showing your racist colours, you're then showing your ableist colours as well." Because you know that's just the worst thing you could have said to a person. You know, Diane Abbott is nothing like that. She was absolutely fantastic at the World Cup. She yeah. really was glowing. She really was fantastic. And the fact is, the matter is, I would have stayed in Labour just for her. But the thing is things have got so much worse in that party that I just didn't want to stay in that party for any longer than I had to. Totally. And... was actually like, I, have you seen what Keir Starman said? And I was like, no, I haven't. And it, it was basically been, him being on the fence about John's rights. He's like, fuck this shit, I'm off. I cannot deal with this. I need to do something without being in the party. And I left. And to be honest with you, I, I'm, I'm quite glad that I've made that decision because things have got obviously worse since then and I'm, I'm happy just doing things outside of that box you know I'm like I will do my activism without the need to be associated with the party I want yeah. to do my way or you know in a way that people will recognize that I am standing up for myself and from the community and some other marginalized groups as well so yeah it's been a bit of a journey to be honest <laughs> at the end of, at the end of the day our existence isn't a discourse and it isn't a it isn't a compromise and it isn't a debate it exists we exist yeah. and if they if people aren't gonna like respect us and treat us and appreciate us as so then we can't just keep standing there and being there and just allowing it to happen i completely agree with you we can't we have to stand up and fight. Because look what happened in the 80s and the 90s. People were standing up and fighting for the right to vote. Yeah. For people, and we're going back that way again. And people will be like, stop, stop, stop them. But we've given them so much warning. As we've told them before, that it happened in the 80s, it happened in the 60s, it's, happening, it's going to happen again. People have had, been given plenty of warning about it and they're still refusing to believe that things are happening like you know trans people have been told that well i'm telling people that what you like what you said about the anti-trans support being used against uh against trans people and now yeah. been, you know it happened in the 80s against gay people it's going to happen it's happening again and gay people and like is the, is if you if you go back in time it's the same kind of argument that was used against black people and people of color it's yeah. it's a constant aggression a privileged aggression against communities, marginalised communities, that is yeah. just repeated every few decades over and over and over again, and people fall for it because. Yeah. Sorry to trigger anybody listening, but white people think they're a threat. <laughs> oh God, yeah, I, I was about to say white people are constantly always thinking that they have to be the superior people in in front of marginalised groups. Look at what look at the like what I'm. I'm I've first spoken about this in my previous episode of Transman Talks about white people having to prove that they're better than black women, like white women being better than black women. Yeah. Um, and, you know, this is this has been going on for a long time, going back decades, centuries, and it's 
evident in every form of, you know, the marginalised group, including the black. Oh, you know, totally. There's a huge amount, there's a, there's a huge culture of people, like, appropriating cultures and then not actually giving respect or support to those cultures. I mean, let's not talk about Jesse Nelson blackfishing. Like, let's not even go there. <laughs> oh, my God. I was so angry with her. Like, I, I actually said, I felt so sorry for her when she was talking about the struggles with her mental health. Yes. And then she goes and does this. It's like, no. Absolutely not okay. And I, and apparently now she's had, had a few fights at the rest of like, the event. And to me, she's kind of taken out the fact that she's been caught out and she's been condemned for actions against the people that have kind of brought that up and brought the Yeah. I mean, and now, it, obviously, the thing is, now it's come out, but there was a discussion before the Sweet Melody music video filming that Leanne, who is... Um, an incredible member of um, Little Mix that happens to be black um, said to her, "You're you're blackfishing, and this isn't right." And that's what led to her leaving the band, allegedly, oh. or being asked to leave the band. Um, but she's now trying to turn that against Leanne and went on an Instagram live with Nicki Minaj, and that was an incredibly toxic um, baiting situation, um, turning an argument on blackfishing against a black woman and it's just it's just horrifying to see it's horrifying to see and i will say like i'm a fan of little mix i've loved little mix for a long time but i never even realized until this year that jesse wasn't at least mixed race i didn't know that either i literally have no idea because she was so dark i never knew i thought that that was her natural skin tone that she would be in photos with the band and would be darker than the people of colour in the band. And that is toxic and that's dangerous. Yeah, it, 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 you know, since, you know, all of this has come out, it's made me think, you know, I can't, I can't support somebody's mental health because, you know, I, I, I did feel sorry for her at that point. Then all this blackfish and stuff has come out and now I don't want, I don't think I will ever appreciate what she's done and you know i don't want to know her the rest of little mix i have all the time in the world for because they've been absolutely yeah. been amazing basically i mean jade jade um farewell is that jay yeah jade's an incredible lgbtqia supporter like she's just phenomenal she's fantastic i mean she actually there was a they did a music video and it was all like they were so inclusive but they forgot to include drag kings in it and jade was very apologetic and explained it she should have done better and they, the band should have done better and included dragons and you don't see that in like other people like you don't, you don't. see that in names and when Jade said that like I have more respect for you than I ever thought I could because you've come out and said this dragons should be included in music videos should be included in anything that totally and she did that and I was like amazing and I'm obviously I just I just love them so yeah ah what a what a I mean, we're at like one hour now. We've literally been talking for an hour. I know, right? People are going to be so bored of me. <laughs> well, no, absolutely not. I think it's been absolutely um, fantastic because I just wanted to reach out and speak about your work in the sex industry. I want to talk about the things that we've both been through as trans people yeah. and well, you're non- non-binary people as well. And I'm just, yeah, it's been amazing that my 
well. Yeah, no. I, to be honest, I feel like it's made me feel a little better. I, I had one cough or two coughs, but I haven't got COVID. I'm fine. I'm just, um, just, uh, I think it's just the winter kicking in, you know. It's so, I mean, I think that's it. I, I was fine to do like a couple of days ago, and then, um, you know, since autumn is kicked in, the cold weather is kicked in, and suddenly, boom, the colds are back. I'm like, oh, great. Oh, God, I'm going to be feeling great. And to be fair, like, I, I do feel like shit, but I'm just glad that I've been able to do this because otherwise, I would have literally been laid in bed going, Oh, well, with me, I feel sorry for myself. Yeah, same, actually. <laughs> to be honest, I forgot that I was doing this until about nine o'clock. And then I went, oh, I've got this thing to look forward to doing. I'm going to be talking to my friend, Quinn. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> well, you... I mean, I haven't really, like, I should have pushed it a bit more this week. But honestly, I'm struggling with the this incoming cold and, and a lot of other stuff as well. So I'm just glad that we've been able to talk about the stuff that I really, really wanted to talk about. Really yeah, I, I hope I hope we I hope we covered everything that you wanted to discuss. I actually we have, and I really wanted to make sure that your work in the sex industry was talked about because a lot of times you see podcasts shy away from that conversation, and I think why? What are you hide? What, what? Why are you hiding from this conversation? Um, I to- yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I have my own podcast now, and that's one of the things that I'm very proud of talking about on my podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a podcast called All The Way with Chris J. Um, there's just been two episodes so far because of COVID issues. But um, I'm very proud of talking openly about my sex work and being a trans non-binary person and it, sharing my story and my experiences on that. So um, it's something that I'm... I think when you start using your voice, um, it's hard to stop using it. Exactly, yeah. As soon as I opened my mouth about being trans, that was it. it the, the verbal's carried on and I haven't stopped since. And that's probably why now I've got a sore throat, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't ever stop talking, even if you're croaking. Keep talking, keep talking. Remember, you are valid. You are a, you are a man. And I just want to remind people, trans people exist. Trans women are women. Trans men are men. Non-binary people exist, and non-binary is trans. Please remember okay. that, people. Pe- stop no. sending me DMs and telling me I'm not trans, because trust me, you don't know my journey and my dysphoria. No, exactly. I mean, I I'm so proud of you and your journey as well. I think it's nice. That, I mean, I'm so glad that we've actually managed to get notes over in this podcast as well. Because I met you briefly in London, and I thought, I really want to speak to them, but we just haven't been able to kind of catch each other while the event was going on. There was so much going on that night. It was it was hard as well. Well to be fair, I said this is gonna make you laugh. But I was making I was I was spending half of my time like looking at you know the prep team that was handing out the toys and stuff. Yes, yeah. Phil Samba um was actually walking around and I kept looking at him thinking, Oh my god, he's absolutely gorgeous. And the people were talking to me, and I just got into this like transfixed state. I was like, oh my god, stop, pack it in. Um, but yeah, it was an amazing night, and I actually am planning on I'm like coming back to London in January maybe because like, I absolutely love the place. About that fucking guest house, which is like, what a nightmare that was. Anyway, I know. Well, listen. Hopefully, your next your next experience of being in London, like 
staying wise will be better and then we'll definitely have to link up and do some do some trans shit together you know <laughs> definitely also what i'm just going to suggest is if you want me to i'll share that podcast that you were talking about your own podcast i'll share it after i post the episode that was just done um, oh thank you so um, much that'd be so no, sweet of you absolutely amazing honestly i'm, I'm gonna have to listen to it as well because i i've loved listening to podcasts i've listened to a couple of COVID, um podcast you know the old one i forgot what it yeah, was yes sex with Topher. yeah it's now yeah. called the t-spot it's launching I'm soon that. that's a fucking amazing name i thought that was clever um but yeah so i will link i will definitely listen to your podcast and i'll get it shared and we'll just have to communicate and let us have i'm so glad i've got your number now because i'll just probably just text yes you. i'm sorry it took a while i had to change my number literally because of the trolling uh, yeah. that I said I was dealing with um, they've been like messaging people that I used to date years ago and like not good people so it wouldn't have been long until my number somehow got out so I had mm. to completely change my number and my phone and that cost a lot of money yeah. <laughs> so yeah. if anybody wants to hit up my PayPal hit up my PayPal but it's one of those things when you're a target you're a target yeah, you know, and I my safety was key. Mm. Your safety is still key, to be honest. At the end of the day, people shouldn't be coming after you because of you know whatever you you are, whoever you are, and what you do. People should just leave people the fuck alone. That is exactly. But this is like what I was saying about what people say about oh, just be strong, just stay strong. Well, staying strong isn't going to pay the bills. Staying strong isn't going to keep me safe. Staying strong isn't going to stop me from being doxxed online. Exactly. You can't, Just for existing. I mean, yeah, exactly. I, you don't say that to people who are struggling with the mental health either. It's like the same chin up or man up. It's like you don't just, that's toxic. That's really, really toxic. Yeah. I, I've, I've, had, I've, had, I've had said to me so many times, I'm like, I'm depressed. I'm not having a down day. I'm literally depressed. I've been able to get out of bed most days. I've been, I mean, my fibromyalgia is literally linked with my mental health. Of course. I'm split in between the two at the minute. And People coming out with, ah, oh, you've got to stay strong and just be positive. Like, I cannot be positive when I'm struggling with my... No, it's not possible. Okay. You know, sometimes all you need is somebody to just say, you know what, that's really fucking shit. I'm so sorry. What can I do to help you? Yeah, exactly. And uh, this is a conversation for another time. But honestly, that that kind of comment in commentary is like, I can't be asked with people now. Sometimes it's yeah. Exactly. We know I'm always here for anything you need. And um, I'll always say that to people like I. I will never do that with people. I'll never be like, a, I'll just be strong kind of thing, because I know how that feels. Yeah. And as a person of color, as a trans person in this country, I know that being strong doesn't do anything. Saying being strong doesn't do anything. I'm a strong person. I'm a strong motherfucker just for being here. But yeah. telling me that doesn't do anything exactly you are 100 percent spot on so yeah thanks ever so much for coming on Chris. oh you're welcome thank you for having me i'm sorry that we've made a movie out of this conversation <laughs> <laughs> we have actually like i said it's nice just to get to know each other in this episode um, we've obviously we've talked like there's been no tomorrow but i'm really pleased and honestly let me know about your podcast Send me a message and I'll buy it out for you. I will um, do. Thanks so much, Quinn. Thanks for having thank me. Thank you so much. No problems at all. And thank you for coming on. Thank you too. Thanks. Take care. Bye. Bye.